Hello, and welcome to Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Today we have an amazing guest joining us. Amy Fowler is a just incredible person all around and a friend of Jay's that just is doing so many things that I just can't even stand it as I read her bio. You guys are going to fall in love and be just impressed and inspired, and I just can't wait for us to introduce you. So I'm going to quickly hand you over to Jay so that he can tell us a little bit more and get us started with Amy today. And first, well, I guess first, welcome, Amy. I guess we probably should say that before we (laughs) get too much. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Jay. Hi, Becca. Thanks for having me on this morning. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. So, um, Becca, do you have her actual written bio in front of you? Because I don't have that, and I'm just going to introduce introduce you to my friend. But would you read the actual, you know, the the professional bio? Because I'm going to introduce you to my friend Amy. Yes. <laughs> so they can meet both of me. Right. Well, she, yeah, she can she can tell a little bit about herself as we go on. But she's an American Sign Language um, English interpreter. Uh, and cued language transliterator, is that how you pronounce yes. that? Yes, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, she's also has a blog called Raising Someone Else's Children and Other Animals, where she shares her experiences as a step-parent and a co-parent, some of um, with experiences around infertility, uh, perspectives on life as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, um, and musings on her love for dogs. I love that part. Um, and so she's doing all sorts of stuff, talking about step-parenting and co-parenting and infertility and anything else that sort of comes up on raising someone else's children and other animals at wordpress.com. So we've got so many different things we could go into. And now introduce your friend. From my perspective, this is my friend Amy. (laughs) Um, And Amy and I have been um, good friends for, I don't know, coming on three years now or something like that. Um, so Amy and I met, uh, through one of my best friends, Stacy and, um, which is Amy's partner and, um, Stacy and I, uh, and Amy are part of a group that watches Katie basketball all season long together. Woo-hoo. So oh, yeah. that's the foundation of our friendship is there's basketball. Then there's the fact that we're all a bunch of queers and, um, <laughs> and <laughs> we like to camp and hang out and do stuff like that. So Amy is one of my good friends. And I love, um, when I asked you to be on the podcast, you know, one of the things that I love is to bring people on the show that are doing great things that people should hear about, but that are also really just good friends of mine so that people, you know, also our listeners get to know our world here in Lawrence or my world here in Lawrence a little bit. So um, welcome, friend. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I am truly glad to be here. I grew up in Wichita, Kansas, and moved to Lawrence. Um, this is this summer; it'll be six years that I've lived in Lawrence, and it didn't take me very long to claim it for my new hometown. Uh, right. So I feel like you know I'm from here now officially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I <laughs> I do make my living as an American Sign Language interpreter, and I've been doing that for 20 years. So practically. Yeah. Uh, Speak since the, I was the, born, you know. Other piece though that you do, that, <laughs> not just ESL, but. And then I, I um, am also a cued language transliterator. One of my dogs just let himself in the room. <laughs> uh-huh. no. Say that um, word again. 
just, I don't think people, none of us, I mean, like most people, until I met you, I didn't know what that was. People right? don't know what it is and in most this of part us of don't the country. Know what that is, or that even it exists. And you are one of the few people in the country, like there's not that many people who can do it either or who can teach it, right? So it's a, it's a fairly small pool of us in the United States who do this job. What it is, is there's a system for communicating with people who happen to be deaf or hard of hearing. It's called cued speech. And it's a visual and um, oral method. And it shows the phonemes of spoken languages. Now we could spend, you know, a whole semester on this topic. If anybody's interested in finding out more about cued speech, they can visit cuedspeech.org. It's C-U-E-D speech.org. Anyway, I'm the only person in a four-state area who is certified to teach cued speech. It just hasn't made its way to the Midwest in the last 50 years that it's been around. Mm. But through the power of Facebook, I connected with a family who has a little girl who happens to be deaf. And I get the awesome honor of working with her two days a week during the school year, being her transliterator. That means that I listen to what everyone around is saying and give her visual access to the sounds that they're saying just like the kids who can hear hear those same sounds as they're happening wow yeah, yeah. and that's fascinating <laughs> I'm like, yeah. and that's not she, that, that's not what we're here to talk about <laughs> so, no, that's I, want, I want people to know what a great writer you are Thank because you. you're a joy to read and you're and you I mean you're just you're good I mean you're just good <laughs> you're Thank just you. a good writer it's, you're fun to read, so I want to make sure we talk about that. But I, I mean, I, I wanted to, I wanted people to hear about this too because it's, it's not something anybody really gets or knows about. Right. I appreciate yeah, yeah. that opportunity. So, I have always enjoyed writing. I have written since I was a little kid. I wrote a lot in college the first time around, and I wrote a lot more the second time around when I went back to finish my degree in 2009, which I completed in 2011. And um, I just like to write, but yeah. I never really wrote for myself or anybody else. It was always kind of assignments. And then last November, I experienced what I thought was a stroke. What we learn a stroke feels like, looks like. I had many of the symptoms, so of course Stacy took me to the hospital, that and they kept scary. me overnight. It was scary as hell. Mm. Um, I'm, you know, I was. I had just turned 41 years old. I'm in reasonably good health. And um, they did all the tests, all the scans, and they knew that it wasn't a stroke, but they didn't know what it was exactly at the time. So they kept me overnight for observation, and I saw a neurologist, and it turns out I had what's called a hemiplegic migraine, which mimics a stroke. Now, I'm fortunate. I've never had another one. I have a good friend who has them fairly often. They can Jeez. be really, de really debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like a lot of people who kind of change their path in life, that moment of health crisis yeah. made me step back and reassess and think about what it was I wanted to do. And, and what it was I wanted to do was I wanted to start being able to talk about my experiences um, surviving infertility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I needed to do that because every book that I've ever read on the topic ends with the woman writing it having a healthy baby which is awesome because people need hope but then what is there to offer for someone in my shoes where that 
so far is not the case. Yeah. And I know that I'm not the only one out there like this, um, living life, facing the situation. Yeah. So I decided to start writing about it. And I signed up for a writing workshop. And I went in and, and something you'll you'll both appreciate this. Um, I'm a super introvert. I'm super shy. But I walked in and I introduced myself to the first person who also showed up for the workshop. And I said, my name is Amy and I'd like to set up a writing group. And we did. Nice. That group, nice. Was gonna be meeting, that group was going to be meeting in Kansas City, and I really wanted a group in Lawrence near my home. I really wanted a group in Lawrence near my home. So I kept thinking about how I wanted a group near my home, and um, I ended up not going to the Kansas City Writers Group. They're still going, though. <laughs> I'm proud of them for still going. <laughs> but I ended up, this is the, the synchronicity that people can't believe until I tell them about it. I was on Facebook one day, and I clicked that I was interested in some event. I don't even remember what event it was. And so underneath that popped up, because you were interested in that, you might be interested in this. And it wasn't the first event. I had to scroll over to see a memoir intensive with local author Molly Krause, who had just published her memoir the previous fall. Mm. So I clicked on that, and I really ah, wanted universe. to go. Yeah, <laughs> but, I really, but oh, it gets better, Becca. But I really didn't have the extra cash at the time to pay the tuition. So I texted one of my friends uh, with whom I communicate every day. And I said, oh, I found this class. I'm kind of bummed. I don't have the cash for it right now. And we talked around that for a minute or two and then went on talking about other stuff. I never mentioned it again. About a week later, I got a check in the mail from my friend for the class. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. So, I took the class. I uh, met some wonderful, wonderful people here in Lawrence, and we meet every week as a writing group. Nice. <laughs> so mm. I got my writing group in Lawrence, where I wanted it. Um, yes. I just began submitting pieces to different magazines and publications last December. I found out last week that I got my first acceptance for publication, so I will have a piece printed in, in August. <laughs> That's amazing! I know, isn't that awesome? Um, I also was very excited because I applied for a fellowship to the Summer Writers Week that's hosted at the Idlewild Academy for the Arts, which is in California. It's oh, wow. in California, a very prestigious performing arts school for high schoolers. Mm -hmm. It's kind oh, of yeah. like a Oh, yeah. I wanted campus. to go there so bad. <laughs> um, I was and high school. I won the fellowship. My whole thing is paid. I just had to <gasps> buy my plane ticket. But everything else around it is paid. And so in the first week of July, I will be at the Idlewild School for the Arts working with <laughs> authors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that awesome? To, to, to see, work on my craft. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because I have been privy to you and not. Like, it's almost your kind of secret. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's kind of slick because, like, I I hang out with this person on a regular, and I didn't know about all this stuff. Um, not all of it, but, I mean, I, I can, you know, a lot of it's on the Facebook, but I didn't, I don't see it. But the point is, you see how she baby-stepped all that out? <laughs> like, yeah. You, oh, yeah. once you decided what you wanted, you got clear about what you wanted, right? And then you exactly. started baby-stepping it out, and you were brave, and you asked for what you needed, 
And I mean, it's just, it's so fantastic. And another reason why I hang out with you and it's amazing to hang out with people who, you know, do this kind of work and, and understand and, and believe and know when the universe is syncing up like that, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's really fun. So I've been completely inspired by you, my friend. And thank you. um, Yeah. And I'm just excited for you and all the, all that you're up to. So, um, yeah. So tell me what's your, uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on um, is because it's a queer perspective, and sure. that's another thing I'd like to highlight, is tell us a little bit about um, writing from the queer perspective and that sharing, and, and how, and are you getting well-received around that? Are people getting it? <laughs> uh, yes, and all of the people in my life know me, and um know that I'm queer. I consider myself queer. Um, until the term pansexual came out, I didn't really have a specific label for myself. And not that it really matters. I'm actually getting ready to write a piece about all the labels in the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, um, good. <laughs> for all for the Pride Month. For Pride Month and labels. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a part of who I am, you know, but it does inform my overall worldview. I don't think of myself as, as queer first. It's just, as I call it, one of the pieces of my truth. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, I, I, you know, the things that I have written around that have been well received. I do have a piece out for review right now that I'm really hoping gets picked up for Pride Month um, that's written from specifically uh, about a queer relationship but I you know I surround myself with people who support me and support what I do and um so that really makes life a lot easier once I realized um to use a Jism that I had permission (laughs) of Mm -hmm. whom to invite in my life or not whom to keep on my bus or whom to ask to exit the bus that made my life so much easier yeah that's yeah, amazing. So tell us a little bit more here. Um, you know, one of the things that you are doing is the raising someone else's children and other animals uh, blog, and I have had the pleasure of of peeking through and reading um, reading the blog and 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 sort of getting an insight into your life, which is great. But there's so many different things that you touch on within this. Uh, within the blog specifically, but, you know, can you tell us a little bit of background of, obviously you're raising someone else's children. (laughs) What does that mean and what does that look like and how did that all, you know, and then, you know, some of the other things that go into that. Sure. So um, when I was deciding to write the blog, I knew that I needed to narrow it down a little bit and there needed to be some specific topics that people could expect that I was going to write about. Um, mm-hmm. I've always loved animals. I've always been raised around dogs. So the dogs were definitely going to be a part of it. My dogs now are an extremely important part of my life. Um, I knew that I was going to write about the children in my life, which um, were not children that I gave birth to, but they are my children nonetheless. And the fact is not only that I'm raising someone else's children, but like you, Jay, um, Stacy and Sabrina, the children's uh, mom, are also raising someone else's children because the children are adopted. So we're all raising someone else's children in this story. Um, I knew that I was going to write about LGBTQ plus themes 
And I knew that I was going to share some of my experiences around infertility, which in a broader scope also have a lot to do with um, mental health issues. And I have written, some of my pieces are really light and airy, but some of my pieces are really heavier and harder hitting. And they're, yeah. they are all parts of my truths. I think it's important to be just, you know, just honest and give people something that they can relate to. And even if they don't relate, think about, discuss. Yeah. So. And I think the mental health piece is so powerful, too, because it's so important. I mean, it, there, it, it, it. It's mind-blowing to me sometimes, you know, it's always mind-blowing to me how backwards people mm -hmm. can think, but, like, the mental health piece is just so insidious, that world of, like, the sh there, there being shame around it, like, that there's right. something, you know, and it's so important, I think, to, to speak about that and to make sure people know that, I don't know, I just think it's important. I agree, and so that, that was why when I um, was researching therapist for EMDR therapy, which I recently started. It's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy for people who are facing PTSD in their lives for various reasons. When I was interviewing therapists, um, I said, I'm a writer and I'm going to write about the experience and I may write a little bit about you and I need you to be okay with that if you're going to be my therapist. And the gentleman that I ended up selecting, uh, well, we ended up selecting each other, Dr. Walt, uh, was okay with that. So he made an appearance at my blog last week when I talked a little bit about starting my EMDR therapy. I think it's important to be really transparent with people and make it okay to to feel what you feel, but then, you know, to talk about other things around that as well. Yeah. And can you share a little bit more about EMDR, Amy? Because I have, we've mentioned it a couple of times, I think maybe on the show, but not to the degree that I mean, people need to know that this EMDR is a real effective, powerful tool, especially for trauma and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, all kinds of trauma. But I know people who have had pretty significant trauma and be able to get recover so much faster because almost right away they went into EMDR. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like they didn't, their brain didn't get into that trigger trap. So mm -hmm. could you talk a little bit more about that, Amy? I'm not versed enough in it and I haven't done it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I sure can. Um, so again, it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And the woman who created it, Dr. Francine Shapiro, actually created it um, as her doctoral dissertation while she was in school. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. So when I, I decided to start the therapy, um, I knew that for me, my main issue is being triggered around infertility. And hmm. traditional talk therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy, for me, I knew was not going to be beneficial. Mm. Talking about my triggers around that issue does not make them hurt any less for me. Right. So I never pursued those types of therapy. Um, as far as I know, I'm the first person using EMDR for this application, and I hope that I enjoy some measure of success and we can, you know, shout it from the rooftops that this is something that other women and, and frankly, men in my shoes could use to help them. So the way that it works is there is the light bar that you may have seen on TV or I put a picture of it in my blog post and it's just a long bar of chasing lights, basically, if people are familiar from the holidays, what chasing lights look like. Mm -hmm. But they're run in different patterns. And the whole premise is that 
we can do while we're awake the same processing that happens naturally while we're in REM sleep. Mm. So when we're in REM sleep and we're dreaming and our brains are processing our day and breaking down what's happened to us and we may be dreaming, but things are shuffling back and forth between the right and left hemispheres of our brain as they're being processed. And if that is happening correctly, that's helping us decompress from our day and store our memories in a non-traumatic way. When something interferes with that or when we have so much trauma that the time that we're asleep can't handle that processing, we can actually do it while we're awake with EMDR. Mm. Wow. Huh. Okay. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> and so, I also knew that you'd be able to describe it. Like if you, even if I had done it and I would never know who did it, who re- who created it, how they created it, how it works. This one, I'm like, I love you, Amy. <laughs> like, I'm a <laughs> I like to know things. That's I know of, you do. And I appreciate that about you. <laughs> I surround myself with people like you. <laughs> so anyway, of course, a huge application is for people who have been in the military, which is mostly the type of client that my therapist sees. Yeah. Um, people who have been involved in large natural disasters, people who have unfortunately been trauma of repeated ab- abuse of the various types throughout their life. It is extremely effective. The typical course of treatment is about 10 to 12 one-hour sessions, and then you reevaluate. So I had my initial intake last week. I had my first actual EMDR session this week, and then I will continue through my course and see how it goes. Wow. I will so be writing if, about it all the way. I was going to say, so if people want to hear about this, they want yeah, yeah. to follow the blog. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Are we dancing And so you'll ourselves be writing out? through, and you'll be, this will be something we can follow along on the blog. Yes, for sure. I also, so for me, the blog is fun. I think of it as kind of like, blowing out my mental lines. The things that I write for submission and hopefully for publication are different. They're longer, they're heavier. Um, Actually working between two large projects right now, maybe three. One is a book that's going to be a collection of essays around my experiences with infertility. Things like the work environment, family relationships, society at large, social media. Um, So there'll be essays about those different things that will come together in a book. I've also been writing stories about my partner Stacy's experience as a person of trans experience. Um, He happened to grow up in an extremely small town, um, a town roughly the size of 250 people, which the statistics is roughly that one out of every 250 people identifies as transgender. So that was a neat serendipity for me, and I'm writing around that. Yeah. Um, And then just yesterday, after many months of saying, I don't write fiction, I don't write fiction, I had a fiction story bubble up in my head, and I started to write that. Nice. So, never say never. Nice. Fun stuff. So people want to pay attention to you and like keep following you because we want to be privy to all this stuff and when it's coming out. So where do we find you and how do we find you and all that good stuff? 
So on social media, I'm Amy F E F F on, on Facebook on, uh, Twitter. I'm actually Amy underscore proofs P R O O F S because I also, um, edit and proofread. I have an editing job right now. I'm working on somebody's PhD dissertation. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm Amy underscore F. And yeah, just, I don't think I really answered the question about raising someone else's children, but it's, it's always <laughs> interesting. Back there, yeah. It's always interesting. Um, you know, I met our kids when they were six months old and two and a half. And um, I came into their life as a family member when they were almost four and almost six. And now they're five and seven. And um, just, it, it's interesting being a step parent because, as a good friend of mine told me, who happens, she also happens to be a step parent, those children already have two parents. And so, as a step parent, you're not there to replace anybody. Um, but also, my partner was very clear that he wanted me to be a very hands on parent. And not just like a babysitter or somebody who would report to him every time something happened and then make a decision like he wanted me to be a very active parent. So because I think because of the ages of our children and that that's the desire that he expressed in his parenting partner, that's how we've worked it out. So actually, um, he and I and also his ex and her wife are all four of us are active parents of our children. So our kids have a village. Yeah. And it takes one. Wonderful. It does take yeah. one. It does take one. <laughs> yeah. Well, as somebody who is going through a divorce currently, and I have two kiddos, um, you know, one of the things that has been a hard thing, and one of the reasons why I appreciate your perspective in writing on it, is that the thought that my that my children would be quote unquote mothered potentially by somebody else. Um, has been really hard. Like, I, and, and we're like just now in the divorce stages, you know, so it's not like something that's going to be right now. But, you know, to be honest, it's like, no, no, uh, you don't get to do that. that. Those are my kids, you know, like that's my first like thought process of it. And to hear somebody else talking about it and thinking about it, and there's, you know, it's, kids can't be loved by too many people, you know, like that's always been my thought process. Um, but, you know, the, it's, I think it's so important that you have somebody who's out there willing to talk about it from that perspective, from your perspective, that makes it, from my perspective, easier to, to deal with and manage, you know, to think about it from that way. You know, I can't know what the other person is thinking, um, you know, so all I can do is my, you know, is create my own story around it, but to hear what you how you feel and the way that you approach it is just so refreshing and really, really helpful. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's the dynamics change depending on the person and, and if they're bringing other kids into their relationship or not. Um, our kids don't address me with any kind of parental label. Usually sometimes I get a mommy, um, they have a mama and they have a dad and, um, but usually they call me Amy or Ames, and I'm, you know, totally fine with that. But we just set the expectation for them to treat me as a parental figure and for me to treat them as a parental figure. Our son is much more laid back and easygoing 
and our daughter has a, a little bit of some special needs and a very strong personality, which I am convinced and have full faith is going to serve her well in this world. But sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that as we're dealing with her now, <laughs> the oh, yeah. seven-year-old, and to, oh, yeah. to to not squash that spirit, but uh, to let her know that she doesn't have full control of the reins yet. And so that dance is is always interesting and um, definitely just helping helping her around adult. that. Yeah, I always say I'm trying yeah. to raise an adult, and I want my daughter to be this strong, independent thinker, but not right now. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Right now you need to do what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, that walking that line is, is always interesting. And, you know, for her, kindergarten was pretty rough, but this past year she just finished first grade, and she was gifted with a teacher who was perfect for her and perfect for us, and she had a pretty decent year, and so we're looking forward to second grade for her next year and then our son will be going into kindergarten <laughs> yeah oh that's so fun it's such a hard it's like it's such a hard moment at the same time you know when the youngest hits school um, yeah it's like wait a minute <laughs> this all went by really fast yeah it's gonna change it's gonna change our family routine a little bit but that's that's part of life is is them growing up and getting on their way to do, you know, we can't wait to see the amazing things that they're going to do. So. Oh, oh, yeah. For sure. All right. Again, this is always is what happens is we roll right up against 30 minutes and I'm thinking 400 <laughs> other things that I want to talk about or ask questions about. So this is a, we need to have you back to talk, you know, especially as you walk through that process, um, yeah. so many, you know, different areas, the book and, you know, the therapy and the, all of those different areas. We'd love to hear you know, how those things are progressing. I would love to. And tell me again where the blog is, because I got the Facebook and all that, but is it the, is the blog at the Facebook? There's an actual blog site, isn't there? There is an actual blog site. What I do is every day that the blog publishes, I always make a Facebook post so that my friends and readership who aren't a part of WordPress or don't have a WordPress account can still access my blog. You can always access it at raising someone else's children and other animals dot wordpress dot com and we will link that in the show notes as well um, so visit jmbecca.com and uh, click on this episode and we will have a direct link to her um, to her to the to the blog and I definitely recommend that you guys go there uh, whether you have kids or not um, you know, whether yeah, she's you know, just you a good read. <laughs> it's just good stuff. I mean, the, one yeah. of my favorite, um, blog posts is, um, are you my father? Um, and it really just made me think, um, in multiple different ways about parenting, um, and what that looks like, but also like the list idea and creating mm -hmm. this list of things that you, um, you have and, and non-traditional family experiences and all of that kind of thing. So, I mean, there's so much there, guys. Go read and just follow along with this journey. I can't wait uh, for additional posts to come up um, each you. week. So, um, so we will link that in the show notes. We'll also have all of your social media links and all that good stuff. Um, and obviously, since you're a friend of Jay's, we know that we can find you. So um, <laughs> don't be a stranger around here for sure. Well, yeah, thank I mean, thanks so for being much. on the show and sharing yourself with us. So. 
the way you do and you know just who you are in the world i love you friend and i'm Excellent. really happy to you. Have, you, have you here thank you so much i love you too i really appreciate the opportunity i hope you guys have a great day and a beautiful weekend you too thank you so much and as always guys we will see you in the facebook group let's talk about um we'll come up with some topics around this subject specifically um and where you guys are in that area uh, sure. remember that if people want to ask me questions i'll be happy to answer them on the facebook page there you go perfect 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 so we will link it there and we will i'll see you guys next week bye, bye. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We appreciate you so much, and we invite you to join us at Doing the Work with Jay and Becca on Facebook. Uh, We have a great discussion group there going, or visit us at jayandbecca.com for show notes. We have uh, pullouts of links to the books and the things that we talk about. And as always, we are here for you and we want to be part of your weekly self-care. So thank you so much for listening. Stay connected and most importantly, be kind to you. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Jay, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.